Good morning, church. How's it going today? Hey, well, um, I took a rat test this morning, and it turns out I have the C word, a cold. <laughs> Sorry, just had to do that. <laughs> just had to keep the trustees on their toes. <laughs> Lovely to see you all. Um, just during worship, actually, uh, I had the same passage on my heart this morning that Debbie shared from Romans, Romans 4. And this is, it, this is the other part of it um, in regards to Abra Abraham. And it says that he did not waver in unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, believing that he would do all that he had promised. And I learned that scripture because I needed to. <laughs> I needed to realize that actually in life, uh, we go through times where unbelief is a very real thing. That even though we can carry uh, large faith and large vision and, and um, you know, we can have those moments in life where we receive a deposit uh, and, and we know that God's spoken to us, but there's another thing to actually engage with that and walk it out. And many times in life, we end up walking through those wilderness seasons where unbelief will actually just try and come around us and buffet us. It'll just be like, you know, it just shaking us and, and causing us to look around. But I love that scripture um, because it, it really says that Abraham walked through it. You know, he did not waver in unbelief, but was strengthened in his faith. So if he was strengthened in his faith, it was because he was in a place where he was doubting. He needed greater faith. And so I just want to encourage someone today that if you're just believing stuff like God's not real, <laughs> you know, the, the devil actually wants to even sow that kind of thing in our, in our heads, that God's not real, that he's not with you in your very present circumstances, then that's the spirit of unbelief. It's the lie of unbelief that actually just brings erosion. And I just want to just, I want to just kind of release that faith deposit to you today and agree with the word that Debbie spoke, that, 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 that we're going to be a church. Come on, let's agree with this, that we are a church that will not waver in unbelief regarding the promises of God, but we will be, come on, let's somebody, we will be strengthened in our faith. And we're going to give glory to God, believing that He will do everything that He has promised in Jesus' name, amen. We believe. We are believing believers in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, uh, well, I've got, a, I've got a word for you this morning, um, and I just want to speak from the book of Acts a bit today, and, and um, just to give you a little bit of an overview, I'm going to kind of end up in chapter 10, um, and in the first five or six chapters of Acts, uh, this is like yeah, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, New Testament book there, if, you're, if anyone's unfamiliar of that sequence. Um, the first kind of five or six chapters of Acts, they happen within the first year of Jesus's ascension to heaven, all right? So there's a lot that actually goes on in that time period. You've got, you know, obviously chapter one, Jesus is going to heaven, gone to heaven. Um, chapter two, you've got Pentecost and Peter preaches and 3,000 get saved and, and the believers grow stronger together. And, and the Bible says that, you know, daily they met uh, together in homes and in, and in the temple. And, um, and 
and they enjoyed a time of favor, and the Bible even says that God added to their number daily. Um, and then in Acts 6 and 7, the persecution of the church ramps up. Stephen preaches the gospel and offends a whole bunch of religious people, and he became the first martyr. He's stoned to death, and his death is overseen by uh, Saul, and, and he's a Pharisee. And, and Saul is like, he is vicious, and he's grabbing Christians, you know, from their homes and throwing them in jail for their faith. And, and, and in Acts 8, the gospel starts to get go beyond Jerusalem. And, and despite all this persecution and the message, you know, to shut down the message of Jesus, the gospel's going beyond the borders of Jerusalem. And, you know, you, you know the story that Philip, he meets an Ethiopian and, and preaches to him. He just happens to be reading a scripture from Isaiah and, 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 and baptizes him. And then he's exported out there. It's just like, it's pretty amazing, actually. Acts, Acts chapter 9, uh, that is uh, about three years later, so four years after Jesus ascended. It, um, Saul, this guy who was persecuting Christians and just, you know, just wanting to kill them, he has a... A, an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. That's right, isn't it? Damascus? Yeah, yeah. Damascus. I was like, it didn't feel right. Damascus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, anyway. Um, I should have written some notes down. And, um, and so he has this incredible encounter. And so, and then in Acts chapter 10, no, I love this this passage. I only spoke on it, I think, about two and a half years ago. This is seven years after Jesus' resurrection. No, it's ish, seven or eight years. And, and, the, and the gospel is about to take another leap into a whole new people group. And so we're going to land on that passage today. Jesus, we just thank you that the gospel is too good not to share. We just thank you for whole new people groups. We thank you for whole new groups of teenagers. We thank you for whole new groups of families. We thank you for whole new communities coming into the revelation of the knowledge of your love today. And so I just give you this word today. I pray today that you'd stir our hearts with your word. I pray that you would expand our faith today that you would give us eyes to see beyond our borders and beyond our boxes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to jump into this uh, passage in Acts 10, and, and this is an amazing insight into the life of a centurion called Cornelius. He's a God-fearing man. He's not a Jew, and he is visited by an angel who's on assignment because Cornelius is actually a God-fearing man. And it says this in verse 3 from Acts 10, at Caesarea, which is a coastal town in Israel, there's, there's a man named Cornelius, a centurion, in whom was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius, and Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, 
your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. I love this quote from Leonardo da Vinci. He said that people of accomplishment really sat back and let things happen to them. They went out and happened to things. And yeah, it's great, eh? Cornelius was a man who was happening to things. He wasn't just sitting back um, and as a as a as a legend as a as a, a Roman legend. He was he wasn't confined to his nine to five. He was happening to things. Firstly, his prayers and generous heart were ha- was happening to others. He was impacting a world at his doorstep. Secondly, he was happening in heavenly realms. <laughs> he, he drew, because he was happening in heavenly realms, he drew a dramatic response from God, and which is described as a memorial offering. Something was coming out of his life, and it was happening in a heavenly realm. This is, I mean, this is spiritual beyond the physical, beyond the natural. And God sends an angel. You know, the first mention of a memorial offering is found in the book of Leviticus. It's the third book in the Old Testament. It says this in Leviticus 2 uh, verse 9, the memorial offering was burned on the altar as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Everyone say pleasing aroma to the Lord. Just sounds good, doesn't it? A pleasing aroma. This this was an offering. This offering wasn't uh, to pay for sin. This was an offering of gratitude and praise. And the memorial offering was part of the grain offering brought to the Lord. And it was a voluntary offering as well, just to express devotion. Just to say, hey Lord, I, you know, I've got you know, I'm doing what I can with those Ten Commandments. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm making the sacrifices to atone for sin. I'm, I'm doing this, but I want to bring something extra that expresses, not because I have to, but because I want to. I want to express my devotion to you. Ephesians 5 uh, verse 1 and 2 says this, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You know, Cornelius, he was a man who walked in the way of love, giving his life up for the people that were around him. He was building an aroma in heaven. This, this life that was devoted to God. And, that, and he was a Gentile. He was not a Jew. And to use that, uh, the words devoted actually in this passage is a really big jump for someone who is not actually at this stage a Jew. This is a foreigner. You know, I want to tell you today that our devotion to God and to others in our world create statements in heaven. We, we have 
this ability in the spirit realm to create a statement to God with the offering of our lives to Him. This is our, you know, our first ministry is worship. It's our first ministry. Often we get so caught up in what's, um, you know, what are we doing? What's my purpose and all that? But our first ministry as believers uh, is to Him, you know, and our sacrifice of praise gives us an audience in heaven. You know, um, Thusia, actually, I'm probably not saying it right, but Thusia is the Greek word for sacrificed used in the New Testament. In Ephesians 5, as I've already read, it it says here that that just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice, Thusia, to God. In 1 Peter 2 verse 5, it says that the first spiritual house being built up is a holy priesthood called to offer spiritual sacrifices, spiritual thusia that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Romans 12 verse 1, therefore offer your bodies as living sacrifices, thusia, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. The New Testament believer is a believer that is willing to offer their bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is a poem I want to share with you from Amy Carmichael, and she pictures this living sacrifice from Romans 12, verse 1. She says, Give me the love that leads the way, the faith that nothing can dismay, the hope no disappointments tire, the passion that will burn like fire. Let me not sink to be a clod. Make me thy fuel, flame of God. You know, we're called to surrender our lives to Christ. You know, Mary, the, the, the sister of of Martha and Lazarus, and she's at a dinner with some distinguished guests, and she took her devotion to a whole nother level as she expressed her love for Christ. And you know the story. She took this costly fragrance, pure nard, worth a year's worth of wages, and broke it open, and she poured it out on Jesus and the fragrance, the aroma made a statement to Jesus. And, and he said, you're going to remember, people are going to remember you for eternity because of this statement, because of this devotion, because of this act of worship. Your life is going to be remembered. Then you think of this other, other young man in, in the New Testament with Jesus. And, and we, know, we know him as the rich young Ruler, he might have been called Jimmy, I don't know, but he was, he had a name. And, and Jesus, he came to Jesus and he, had, he was living good. He was, he was loving well even. He was obeying the commands and Jesus called him out and he said, Hey, unless you sell everything and come and follow me, you know, you can't be my disciple. And Jesus, this is the only time Jesus had said that to anyone, all right? And he didn't say that to everyone, but he knew, Jesus knew what had a hold of this guy's heart. 
He was saying, young man, I don't want you just to be my fan. I want you to be my disciple. You can come on the team. You can come and be one of the boys with me, and we're going to have the greatest adventures that you would ever know. And, you know, maybe there's going to be churches named after you in different countries because I can see God's call on your life. And the sacrifice for this young man was his price of admission. But he walked away. How you doing? I'm just preaching the Bible today. And we're friends. Jim Elliot said this, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You know, during the Jerusalem crisis, this is around 32 years after Christ, Christians in Jerusalem, they had no money, no pay wave, no visas, nothing was accepted. People like followers of Jesus, they were, they were just persecuted because they'd become Christians and this was in, in Rome, this was at another whole level. You would lose your life if you didn't have a card, an identity card. Um, it, was, it was intense. That was basically giving tribute to Caesar as God. So, you know, their families were walking away from them. They weren't allowed to come to the temple. They were completely ostracized financially, socially, and politically. And Paul is in the, in the middle of this right now. He's this is the guy who was, the, you know, formerly the biggest persecutor of the, of the church. And he's traveling around all the churches the Med- in Mediter- the Mediterranean churches, and he's taking up a collection for the Judean saints because they're literally starving. Judean saints, um, the people of Jerusalem. And in, um, in Ephesians 4.18 he is he's asking this church to give and he's celebrating their giving and he says this about their gift from this church of um ephesians and, and that was sent to the jerusalem saints he says that in this in, in ephesians four eighteen, that your gift is a fragrant offering an acceptable sacrifice which is thusia again pleasing to god pleasing to God, an acceptable sacrifice. On one hand, they're doing something in the natural that is so needed, so valuable, so like we've got to look after these guys, but what we give to others, God receives in heavenly realms. He's saying, this what you're giving right now to me, this is an expression, yes, of your love, but it's an expression of your devotion and your commitment to me. And then that next verse we know so well, and my God will meet all your needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus, of His glory in Christ Jesus. And we can look right back. Let's backpedal to Cornelius right now. Because Cornelius was a man blessing others and seeking the Lord. And an angel began to administer in a heavenly assignment, His way for His life, for His community, for His people group. This is about God supplying all of His needs according to His riches and glory. 
And the angel said to Cornelius in Acts 10, send some of your men to another city. This is where you'll find the apostle Peter and invite him back to your place. So while this angel is with Cornelius, Peter, enter Peter into the story. He has a vision of a sheet being lowered down with all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds. And he hears a voice that says, get up, kill and eat. And Peter is like, no way, I'm a Jew, no touchy. And the voice says, you go eat that bacon burger. <laughs> but it says, you know, do not call. That's in the Hebrew version of the Greek New Testament. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And so Peter begins to understand this vision that God wanted him to take the gospel to those who looked different, spoke different, and ate different. They were like, I'm into shellfish now. I will never be into shellfish. Just saying. Uh, Acts 10, verse 19. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, his name was also Simon. I know it's confusing. Um, Three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I've sent them. Okay, so these are the three men that have come from Cornelius' place. To Peter, this looks like a sovereign move of God. Like, what? I've just, three guys have turned up at my doorstep and, but Peter's encounter with the sheet and all that, it's in God's heart, but that has also been activated by the sacrifice and the prayers of Cornelius. There's a picture going on here. People are getting blessed because somebody's praying. Somebody's loving someone else. A divine connection is on the way. And I love this. And, and, and we have to remember, you know, that this is, this, is not a, this is not a fun moment here, but James, one of the disciples, he was executed in prison in Acts 12. When he was executed, the church started praying for Peter, who was also in prison. Because they're like, I don't want you know that to happen to, to Peter, what happened to James, and an angel busted him out. An angel said him prayers, it unlocks prison doors. Your prayers matter. Your God help moments matter. It doesn't have to be fancy. It's this dependency. And I got to thinking, you know, Saul, who was converted, you know, we look at that and we go like, that was a sovereign move of God on the, on the road to Damascus. Thank you. <laughs> See, what appears to be sovereign and coincidental, maybe there'd been people praying and fasting and believing for Saul's conversion for years you know, like our prayers you, that you pray now may be answered in years' time, and maybe we're living on the prayers of our mum and dad or our grandparents generations ago. Your prayers matter because God uses people to usher in His kingdom. I think that's the thing we're seeing here, that God is using people to usher in His kingdom. And so despite Cornelius having this angelic encounter, he still needed a Peter. You still need a divine connection. Cornelius needed a person, and this person is going to change your life. And he is called Simon Peter. So Simon Peter, he took a 12-hour walk from Joppa to Caesarea, and he preached the gospel of salvation. 
to Cornelius and his house, and it says this in Acts 10 verse 44, and the Holy Spirit fell on all those who were listening. That's my message today. It really is. Because Cornelius made the sacrifice, because he had this thusia, through his intentional prayer, his gifts of love for others, his life spent for community, he built a memorial offering that became an invitation, a portal, if you like, if you're into Minecraft, a portal for the gospel to be expressed and expanded in his own world. Man, our, our lifestyle is an invitation or a roadblock for heaven to be revealed to us in greater ways and the gospel to be expanded through us in greater ways. So today, I, I don't want to, because we're taking up an expansion offering, right? And this is, this is not me having an arm wrestle with you about why you should give money, Okay. I want to bring the word today. I want to speak truth and I want to allow the Spirit of God to, to speak to your spirit, to create faith in your heart. For the, you know, just for, for this to be totally between you and God. And so when we, when we receive the expansion offering today, I want to, I want to ask you to give, if you're going to give for two reasons, you know, to, to give to consider two things. Firstly, to give to give because we want to give our lives completely, wholeheartedly as a living sacrifice to God. Holy and pleasing to Him. To honor Him as King as, as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. To place Him in the highest place. To be con- inconveniently stirred to make a sacrifice because faith is inconvenient but it's a display of what is truly true to us and is ultimately true to our hearts secondly I want to ask you church to consider giving not because we as a church want great programs but just simply because we believe in the power of the gospel we believe in the church And we want others in our world to experience the same freedom that we have and to take the gospel beyond the borders of our lives. So I just wonder if you just stand right now in this moment. Jesus. Maybe just just pop your hand on your heart if you if you if you had yeah, if you're in the room, let's do let's all do this. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. We just um, we want to follow you. We want to give you the give you all our, our lives, Christ. We don't want to just go through the motions, do the Monday, Friday, the sports on Saturday, the church on Sunday, 
just because we do what we do. We want to. We want every moment to be a part of the expression of you being at the center. And so we just want to honor you with everything that we have today as our King and as our Lord and our Savior. And we just want to worship you with everything. And today, we take a hold of faith. Faith to do new things, to give in new ways. We take a hold of faith, God, that does not shrink back. Because we're not like those who shrink back and are destroyed. We're like those who believe and are saved. So we just thank you once again for the deposit of faith in this church. That this church was planted apostolically to bring transformation to this region. We just thank you that you have a big call on this church. God, whether that's a big call that starts with little steps, God, we just thank you, though, that nothing changes with a big call. We thank you for the call on this church to affect the climate and the environment of our region spiritually, emotionally, physically. And so we just bless our region. We bless the ground. We bless the earth, God. We bless this place that we are called and anointed to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We bless Jeff and Julie today, God. We bless their assignment in Cambodia. God, we bless Daz, God, as he's in Australia today, ministering. Lord, we bless that work, Father. Lord, Lord, we bless, God. We bless 24-7 high school. May the high schools be turned around. May young people come to faith in Jesus Christ. We bless JT and Rachel's ministry with Kingdom Brotherhood, Lord, that lives will be transformed, God, that lives will be healed and made whole, Jesus. Jesus, Lord, we bless, we bless Neville, God, and Christine, and as they, as they extend the kingdom into Africa and to Zambia, God, we bless them and we bless. And we give you thanks, Jesus, for our part in the expansion of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.